0: Welcome back to Don't You Know Sports. It's been a two-week or so hiatus almost, but we are back. I'm Ben Keck. I'm your host, and I am joined by Mike and Mike in the evening, as always. We have Mike Loftus and Michael Hiddings. Um, Yeah, but I want to start us off with a little little, little trivia, because people have enjoyed the trivia that we've done the last few episodes. Um, But it's going to be very broad this time. What is the national sport of Canada? Wow. If
1: you're asking this, it cannot be hockey. So I'm <laughs> ruling that out now because you like that's just way too easy. I'm locking in curling.
2: Dang it, I was gonna say Incorrect. curling. Oh okay. man.
1: Not curling or hockey?
2: It How is, is it not
1: hockey.
0: Lacrosse.
1: What?
2: didn't see that coming
0: how, how? i just <laughs> how? I, I had randomly just what i randomly just googled sports trivia right before we started because i didn't have a question ready really and that was like the third thing on the list and i was like i don't know if that's 100 percent factual but it's on a l- trivia list and it was the first thing that popped up on google so i'm pretty sure it's semi-factual so i was kind of like what the heck
1: <laughs> any lacrosse people out there listening please tell us if you view, view lacrosse as a form of snow sport, <laughs> you could have given me a hundred guesses. Ben was not coming close. Yeah.
2: Lacrosse. I wasn't going to guess lacrosse ever. I, I thought curling was going to be a really, really good guess too, because oh, I just remember watching the Olympics with, uh, I think it was with you, Ben and Jacob. And it's like three in the morning. We're at college and we're just cheering so hard oh, for so USA at three in the morning.
0: It was, it was a blast. That's that's <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I would I would have done the same thing as you guys were. I would have probably, if someone asked me that question and you, I would have instantly been like, well, obviously it's not hockey, but I would have literally probably pulled up all the Winter Olympic sports and just started listing them off to you. Go right like, down the line. Which one is <laughs> why it? Why would you like, not? <laughs>
2: um,
0: but yeah, and I have no reason, I have no idea why it's lacrosse. I know lacrosse was um, was a sport that was um, made by Native Americans. That was right. where it was. It was predominantly played that way and that's how it was learned. So um that makes me feel like I mean there I mean obviously Native Americans aren't just in America, they're Canada, like like they're everywhere in North America essentially. So Native Americans, obviously. So they were in Canada. Uh that's the point I was trying to make. Um so I mean, yeah, so I guess they kind of got
2: got to the point eventually. Yeah, I got to the point.
0: (laughs) I was trying to figure out what I wanted to say in the moment. Um But honestly, uh, it's
1: about the only logic as to why maybe it's lacrosse is that it's, it's, yeah, Native American created. And, uh what's, never uh, would have gotten so, there. I just, just never would have gotten there. Let's call it what it is. Why <laughs> would sound I I'm pretty think stupid it's lacrosse? right now.
0: What's the, why would uh, I think it's lacrosse?
2: what's that, uh, what's the sport in, um, in the Olympics where they, they go cross country skiing and then they, they do the sharpshooting? <laughs> they shoot too i forgot what it's called but it's black. It
1: biathlon
0: yeah yeah I, yeah, the biathlon. It, yeah I
2: figured it would probably be something like that but then again canadians are so nice they probably don't own guns or anything like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh well with that segue um i think we're gonna actually then slap shot our way into hockey because it makes sense to jump I, from Canada to hockey. So the
1: rink of lacrosse, you know, yes. if you put lacrosse <laughs> put it on a rink, you get
0: Confirmed hockey. Confirmed Canada's not national sport. Well, I mean, they fact, aren't in, they haven't won a Stanley Cup in twenty plus years, so <laughs> yeah, I don't think that. they
1: can claim it as their sport if they're not good at it.
0: Yeah. Shots fired. Even, even though the majority of the people are Canadian in the NHL probably. And they have a <laughs> lot
1: of gold medals in the Olympics and <laughs> hockey. But no, they're not good at it.
2: <laughs> to all of our Canadian listeners, did you guys expect uh, strays this early in the pod? <laughs> We're coming at
0: you. Be prepared.
2: <laughs> Showing no <our> mercy.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So um, obviously, in the Western Conference Finals, the Avalanche basically took it to Edmonton. Um, Edmonton's magic kind of ran out, and it. I mean. It felt like maybe they were the team of destiny, but at the same time, there was always that thought that the Magic could run out eventually, and it did. And Colorado was obviously the powerhouse and kind of the favorite from the get-go from before the playoffs even started. So I think it was kind of... I mean, I didn't expect them to dominate that much, especially after Game 1, how electric Game 1 was, when I think it was 8-6 to final score, I want to say. Avalanche. But, yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, it was pretty much Avalanche's serious to lose the entire time it felt like so,
1: yeah, um I after especially after the way Edmonton was playing in the series with Calgary, I'm like, this is going six or seven because Edmonton's scoring. They're scoring on anyone. And like you said, game one, they put up goals, but I, I think it just became clear in game two, especially that it they don't have the firepower to stick with Colorado. They don't. I, Colorado can skate like, I don't know if there's any team in the NHL that skates like them. That, um, that has the puck handling ability. They just are so good, and that series really made it stick out. Like, I feel like Colorado, if they lose, it's because they beat themselves, not because any team beat them.
0: For sure. I, I mean it helps that they have Gabriel Landeskog the absolute goat in hockey 100% yeah yeah
1: Gabriel Landeskog he's
0: great love him <laughs> michael best. if you if, if for <laughs> some reason you're listening to the podcast for the first time you, uh, you, if if you uh, we've really stressed the point that Gabriel Landeskog is Michael's official nemesis in life <laughs> yeah he doesn't know it but i despise
1: him with every fiber of my being <laughs>
0: uh um,
2: i have good news guys i watched my very first ever nhl playoff hockey game the other night it okay. was a uh, game three uh, i believe it was game three avalanche versus the oilers and uh it was really cool and we played a game during the whole thing so i barely paid attention <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> nice nice but, you had it on the tv it's progress yeah we, it's we, ha- progress. yeah exactly
2: exactly we, it was a big family reunion and then we decided to play this game called salad bowl um so that took up almost all of my attention but last three minutes was pretty cool i think it was either three to two it was tied and like the oilers were in a power play and then it ended and then a- avalanche just scored like right away right as it ended it was it was pretty cool to watch
0: they pull the goalie and everything. Oh, it's stressful when they pull the goalie and it's your team. I, I get anxiety the second I see the goalie coming off the ice. I'm always like, oh, God, here it is, here it is. I'm like, we have an open net. And then when you score, it's awesome. But I'm almost feeling – I just have this pit in my stomach. Like, all they need to do is just clear it and it can just go in the net. Yeah. And it's over right there. <laughs> it's got to be a horrible feeling. Oh. I want to –
2: but – it left uh, a good impression on me. I thought it was really exciting. And I vow to become a hockey expert by next year.
0: Perfect. I expect you to um, personally be the Seattle Kraken's number one fan. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm already the Red Wings' biggest fan in their
2: history ever. Um, but I, I think that's I
1: should, fair. I, you are. I,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> I
2: think uh, I could become a Kraken fan too. Right, start from Being the bottom. For both.
0: Start from the bottom and then you'll get there. All right. (laughs) They do have a sweet logo. They do. They do.
1: Look at this. We're starting Canada strong, right? Trivia question, Canada. Talking hockey. Make a Drake reference. Like (laughs) we're just all Canada to start here today.
0: (laughs) It's 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 a fire start. Um, Well, we can flip before we give the preview of the finals. We can flip over to the other side because that uh, the Eastern Conference Finals was actually very riveting. Yep. And um obviously the Rangers took the two O lead and kinda of was like, "Oh, um, Tampa could be out of here pretty quick. Um but just I mean, the experience kind of came into play and they won four straight. I mean, Stamkos, um Nikita Kucherov, I mean they were they were amazing. I mean, Nikita Kucherov's I uh I mean Watching both of them play, they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're both getting up there in age, but they're both still so, 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 so good.
1: <laughs> when they're at their top game, they're two of the best in the NHL. Uh, they're future Hall of Famers, and when the Lightning needed them, this series to be Hall of Famers, they were. I, it, they, like I, I, Kucherov's out there making passes I don't know if anyone else in the NHL can make. Mm-hmm. Stamkos in game six the clinching game gets the goals that they need to to put it away
0: when the i mean it was the chips are was, down your
1: big players play great
0: yeah and it was awesome because i mean damn school scores in the second period did they take the one zero lead and then late in the third period new york ties it and then Coast not even 30 seconds later just comes down and just be like no the game's over like i said like get out of here like it's my house like go home <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I, because of that, this uh, the Stanley Cup final is going to be interesting as far as the storylines go. Um, it's tough to go against a team that's won two straight Cups. Yeah,
0: going for the three-peat. Love yeah, it.
1: but I'm taking a bold call right now. Colorado wins in at least five. I don't think, even Tampa, I don't think they got the horses to hang with Colorado.
0: I mean, it kind of feels that way just with, I mean, Tampa obviously has the championship experience, but, I mean, Tampa was down 0-2 to New York, a very kind of inexperienced uh, team in a lot of ways, a younger team. Yep. Um, and, I mean, if I see if Colorado gets a 2-0 lead, they're not going to blow a 2-0 they're lead. They're not giving gonna, it up. Like, they're going to go right boom, boom, sweep. We were talking Atlanta.
1: in the New York-Carolina series that, like, New York had some glaring holes. A big reason why they won is because, you know, Carolina can't win any game away from home. Um, But New York, it's not like they were this juggernaut. They got there, they played Tampa, an experienced team, and Tampa won a lot of close games in that series. Colorado, like you don't score two goals on Colorado and win. You don't score three goals on Colorado and win. Colorado scores four or five at least. And as battle tested as Tampa is, like, I I don't, I I think Colorado wins this in five. Mm. I'm a Red Wings fan. It pains me to say that (laughs) a lot.
2: I was going to ask. So, Michael, we were talking about, uh, on one of our last podcasts, you were talking about how much you don't like the Avalanche. There's a huge rivalry between Detroit and Colorado. And I wanted to hear from you. Can you tell me about this rivalry?
1: Yeah, so... The Red Wings are now in the Eastern Conference, but about, it wasn't even a decade ago, they were actually in the Western Conference. And and back in the 90s, they were in the Western Conference. In the NHL, in the 90s, there was no salary cap. So teams would go out and buy uh, top-tier players and build championship-level teams. So you had a group of have and have-nots. The Red Wings and the Avalanche were two franchises that spent a lot of money on their NHL teams. So with no salary cap, I mean, if you can go look at those Red Wing rosters in the 1990s, and the early 2000s, their third lines had Hall of Famers on them. Uh, Colorado, their third lines had Hall of Famers on them. So there was a lot of back and forth in the late 90s between the Red Wings and the Avalanche playing tough physical series, and usually the winner of that would go on and play for the Stanley Cup and the majority of time win it. And, you know, about that five-year gap in the late 90s, the Avalanche and Red Wings combined for three or four cups. Um, But with that, hockey's a physical game, and when you have two teams that are that good vying for a cup, they don't like each other. Well... It carried itself onto the ice. Uh, you get some checks, you get some heats. You know, you you see uh, Chris Draper coming down with blood on his face, and it just carried over from year to year,
0: game to game, series to series. These guys just started beating up each other like nothing. And other. the all-time moment of the goalie fight. Yes,
1: yes, oh. like Vernon moment and Patrick. That Watt. sums
0: up the rivalry, wow. and they're doing a whole um, ESPN uh series on it like a episode on uh e60 or something on it and it's it looks the preview for it looked absolutely amazing and i even i who hadn't like i don't i know like the background of the story but i haven't like obviously watched and paid attention to when i was younger um but Like the trailer got me goosebumps and hyped. And I'm like, I'm not even a fan. This is really intense.
1: If you're a hockey fan, you're going to love it. If you're not a hockey fan, but are a sports fan and just like uh, rivalry dynamics, like people, it's been so far removed from it that people don't realize the Avalanche and Red Wings hated each other. And I mean, hated each other, but you got it. When ESPN comes out with this, I'm going to make a pitch for it. You got to give it a watch because it's going to be jaw dropping stuff. Good stuff. And I mean, Hall of Famers calling each other out for how much they just purely hated each other.
2: That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. That sounds really intense and really fun.
1: Oh, it it is. It is. And I remember a little bit being younger, but mind you, I was still five, six in that big heyday. So watching this ESPN documentary is going to be big for me too. Like, I just grew up. Oh, you're a Red Wings fan. You hate the Avalanche.
0: (laughs) you
1: you hate them. Oh, okay. They're the bad guys. Sounds good. (laughs) You're going to find out why they're the bad guys. Or maybe you side with the avalanche. If you do, (laughs) you suck, but
0: you know, okay. (laughs) I'm
1: sorry. Um, That got intense. That got intense. No,
2: no. I feel your intensity and and I can feel that rivalry. It's been in you for so long. I just like, the other thing is I kind of like Colorado avalanche. I like, I like their colors. I was just going to transition to that
0: mike you. like I was giving you're the red one's number air. one
1: fan and you're sitting here telling me that i like the avalanche's colors how dare you mike you should be ashamed ashamed what came out of your mouth was blasphemy
0: um yeah i don't know what to do i'm in a um, dilemma i mean that you just brought up the the colors um i know you're a big uh jersey guy or yes. sweaters in hockey i want to get to wrap out our hockey segment here, I want to get your opinion on who's your favorite based on the jerseys of the Lightning and the Avalanche. Absolutely. So as everyone knows, colors are one of the most
2: important parts in what determines if a team is good or not. Um, so I was looking at them both, Avalanche, Lightning. Um, I I do want to say that when the season started, and I know nothing about hockey, I said, why can't the Lightning 3 And they were kind of my pick to for 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 the win. So I'm gonna try to take that biasness out. Um, Avalanche love the red and blue. It's it's pretty sick. They have a cool cool little uh, logo. And then the Lightning blue and white has always been one of my favorite color combos. I also feel like no one is giving the Lightning a chance at all. So guess what? White also blends in with the ice. Lightning are gonna sneak up and beat the Avalanche in seven. Boom. Here to hear first, folks.
1: I can get on board with that because you didn't pick the <laughs> avalanche. So we're good.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. Um, You're welcome, Red Wings fans. I got you. Transitioning into um, <laughs> a new segment. I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to call it, How Much Do the Detroit Tigers Suck? And I'm going to be giving... <laughs> A Detroit Tigers fan. It may not be every podcast, but when we decide to do it, I'm going to give them one minute with a timer to just rant about how much they suck. <laughs> and that I'm going to start it, and when it gets to zero, I'm going to mute the person who's talking if they are still going.
2: <laughs> this is so, like going to be my favorite segment of all time. And Michael's just going to get heated all night tonight. I love it. The, so... I'm
1: bringing
0: the to heat today. So I'm going to <laughs> count down and I'm going to let Michael rant. Maybe he'll get two minutes. Maybe he won't. Um, maybe you'll hear my buzzer on here because um, I'm literally just going to use my phone and it might come through my microphone. But um, three, two, one.
1: All right. For those of you that are not following baseball, the Detroit Tigers suck. And let me give you a tweet as to a reason why they suck. Uh, Credit to Ben Verlander, the brother of one of the greatest Tigers ever, Justin Verlander. Ben Verlander, five hours ago, or ish, five, six hours ago, tweeted, Miguel Cabrera leads the Detroit Tigers in RBI this year with 20. That puts him on pace for 57 RBI in a 162-game season. The leader would have 57 RBI. Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians currently has 58 RBI. Currently, two and a half months in, and the Tigers leader in RBI would finish with less than that. How can you put together a team so terrible offensively? It is a joke. It is preposterous. It is (laughs) off.
0: Oh, and... uh... There we go. I had
1: to <laughs> mute myself because I was laughing
2: so hard the whole time.
0: One minute is up, and that was amazing. With that, I can un. Oh, well, Michael, you might mean to unmute yourself, but <laughs> 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 it was great. It sums it up. <laughs> so, so I guess the tigers suck, huh? Yeah, it it's basically sums it up.
1: The tigers suck.
0: <laughs> I did. Oh crap. We won't talk much about baseball, but I do want to just quick touch on this, um, the standings I was looking at today, um, because they were kind of a little wild of just how bad specific divisions (laughs) were doing during this stretch. Um, So the NL Central has been absolute, God-awful the past, like, ten games. The Brewers, until today, were on, a, well, yeah, they were on a nine-game losing streak, entering today, I believe. Yep, and then Pittsburgh is on a six-game losing streak. Chicago is on a six-game losing streak. And I, I'm pretty sure Cincinnati, before today, when they got a win, were on a five-game losing streak. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And,
0: and the last 10, the division leader, St. Louis Cardinals, are only 5-5. Five and five.
2: Yeah, I think the, uh, if I remember right, the Brewers and Cardinals start up a,
0: a, a series tomorrow. So that'll yep. be interesting. And meanwhile, and this is going into the beginning of this day, so this Sunday morning before the games were played, because some teams have lost and lost their winning streaks, how good the NL East has been was oh the Braves are on an 11 game winning streak. The Phillies were on a nine game winning streak until they lost today. The Miami Marlins were on a five game winning streak until they lost today. And between those three teams, obviously New York Mets are at the top, but they're five and five in the last 10. Atlanta is 10 and0 in their last 10. Philly is nine and one in the last 10, and Miami is seven and three in their last 10. Just, I just yeah. thought it was wild how completely opposite the two divisions are. Just completely different. That is crazy. Circumstances. Like, you have three teams with just huge winning streaks, and then four teams with just massive losing streaks in the NL Central. That is crazy. Do you
2: guys see that the, the the Yankees and Dodgers, like, run differential? They're both, like, in triple digits, and, like, everyone else is, like, below, like, 40? Yep. Yeah, They're one 120.
1: We got 106 for the Dodgers. And it's run differential, and the Yankees are at 127. They are plus 127.
0: Ridiculous. Well, and the thing is, like, just put this in perspective. The Twins played the Yankees um, last, uh, earlier this week. They just finished this year with the Rays, but they played the Yankees. Um, They split the first two, and then going into Game 3... And this they have not won a series against the Yankees for a long time in postseason, regular season included. They don't win the series really against the Yankees. They just can't do it. But the Twins like unloaded bombs on Garrett Cole. They they went up seven to three and it got pretty late in the game. And they were I think it entered the sixth inning. Yankees got one home run, so it was seven to four then. The Yankees. In the, so, seventh inning on, they ended up winning 10-7. <laughs> wow. This Which Yankees is more...
1: team can just win any way possible. This... Like, they'll Baker. win in a, a high-scoring game. They'll win that in a low-scoring cool. game. Yeah. I mean, they are – I, I was... hate, like, giving credit to the Yankees. I just don't like them with the passion. Same. Um But this Yankees team is so good.
2: Yeah, it's, it's looking good. more and more like a, a Yankees-Dodgers World Series, and I am not looking
0: forward to that. No, absolutely not. Don't We don't want that. That would yes. be bad. Um, well, we got a long baseball season ahead of us, so um, we'll have plenty of time to talk in the summer about baseball, so we're going to cross on over into basketball now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. You guys like what I'm doing with words It's switching in betweens here. Oh yeah. Great. Right. <laughs> um, so <laughs> NBA finals obviously have been going out. It's two two. Um Warriors kind of dismantle Boston the first game, Boston wins, Warriors up in this round boston wins game three then the warriors win game four obviously kind of spang them it's been double digits wins in every scenario thank you mike you told me that step before we started i appreciate you <laughs> um, um but it's been very i mean it's i i like it it's kind of awesome to watch them go back and forth i wish i hope when we're going to get some close games in these final three games hopefully, but I think I do think we'll go to seven. I think that's fair to say. The Boston Celtics are undefeated this postseason after losing a game. They still haven't lost or losing a game. And all their wins after losing those games besides one were double digit wins. So they're pretty good at, at fighting back once they lose. So I think we're I think Boston comes out, wins this, and then I I'm going to go ahead and say the Warriors win the next one. And then I think we're gonna to go to game seven. And I think anything can happen there. I'm not gonna give Boston that for sure on game seven because that's a whole different category in that aspect. But I mean, uh Curry is out of this world. Um he is he he will win his finals MVP if the Warriors win finally. There's no doubt about that. Or the way There's no doubt.
1: That. After game four. I mean yeah. Herculean effort. They won game four because he just said you know, hold my beer. I got us. You know, like yep. I, he just went off one of that game. I, I don't see any way in which this doesn't go seven. I I mean, seeing either of these teams go too straight is tough for me to to see. Mm-hmm. And then a game seven at Oracle. I, that's going to be, I mean, crowd rocking. That's going to be something that's yes. going to be something.
0: And the Celtics, I mean, and that's and it's a hard thing too because the Celtics have actually played pretty freaking well on the road this year. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know stocking who wins that game. Yeah.
1: I, I wouldn't know who wins that game. I Boston is a tough, gritty, hard-nosed team. They can go in and win a game seven on the road. They
0: yeah. can't. It seems and the thing with Boston is it really seems to be a mindset thing how they come into the game playing. Like if they're focused from like the start of the game. You can kind of, I, I feel like, at least when I've watched them this postseason, when they're focused at the start of the game and they're kind of rolling on all cylinders and kind of working well, I kind of get the vibe outside of their a few of their crazy comebacks they've had this postseason. But most of the time when they're vibing early, you can kind of tell and it's like it's Boston's night right now. Yeah. Like they're going yeah. to do something. And um, it just kind of feels... You kind of can tell, like I was saying, like you can just really tell when Boston is feeling themselves, and they're probably going to win the game um, early on. And if, yeah. <laughs> and um, no credit to the, I mean, no disrespect to the Warriors, um, their third, they're like their third quarters. This postseason have been out of this world, so it definitely puts pressure on Boston to hold leads. And obviously, they blew some leads against the Bucs too um, in the Bucks series. Um, they wasn't clean as we would have liked it, but um, for the most part, when Boston's on, they're on.
1: Yeah, and we've seen it too this this uh, postseason as well, where Boston has had some bad third quarters, dug themselves a hole and found a way to get out of it. I mean, Bucks fans will know that, you know, the key game in that series where they were up double digits going into fourth quarter in the fourth quarter and Boston came back and won took the game, you know. Um, and it happened this series, you know, so again, these two teams, when they're on, they're on, it's tough to, to beat them. And I think we're in for a good three game stretch down the stretch here. I can't tell you who's going to win. Obviously. I, I don't think it's clear cut. Oh, the, the final three with the Warriors getting two home games. I think it favors them. I don't know. Boston could win two on the road. Like I, it's, this is an evenly matched series. And it's been a great start so far, and I think we're in for a nice, awesome seven-game set.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it'll probably go to Game Seven, and I'm just really, really hoping for it. you guys. Remember the the Bucks War or sorry, Bucks Celtics? I think it was Game Six when Giannis and Tatum were just going nuts, like they were unconscious. I'm really hoping that that happens between Steph and Tatum in like Game Seven. That would just be so fun to watch.
1: Oh, could you imagine in the fourth quarter? Steph and Tatum just trading blows. One they're goes down, hits like, a three. The other goes down, hits a three. Like, uh, oh,
0: they're like must-see 40 40 basketball. Each. It'd be awesome. I also just want to give a shout-out to um, – well, everyone's talking about Jason Tatum, but I just want to give a shout-out to Jalen Brown because he's been the most consistent player for the Celtics probably for the majority of the postseason. And – Because Tatum Random has disappeared multiple times this postseason where he's scored single digits in points where he's just been a cold shooting at it or like 11 points. And Jalen Brown's been the one who's carried them. He's generally, I mean, he's always around 20 points, if not more. He's been the most consistent player for them. And I I personally, maybe I'm going to throw a hot take out here. If the Celtics win, I think Jalen Brown should win finals MVP because he's been the most consistent player in game one Tatum had 13 assists, but he shot horrendously. And Al Horford and Jalen Brown carried them offensively shooting-wise. I mean, like, 13 assists is great for Jason Tatum. Like, that's a great, you're helping the team out. But he also was 3 for 17. And if you're off shooting, you shouldn't be shooting that much if you're that cold. So, shooters so got to we, shoot. My,
1: my fear becomes the NBA wants to promote their big star, so they'll still give it to Tatum. Oh, even if 100%. Brown's deserving of it, I get your argument. I would like to see Brown win it just because I feel like he's gotten into Draymond Green's head, which is incredible.
0: It takes a lot to get into like, his head.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. Like, Draymond Green's last two games, even with the Warriors winning game four, it wasn't because of anything Draymond did out there. Like, the two games in Boston, Draymond looked out of it, out of sorts, and I have not seen that from him.
0: We need is- to
2: talk about this real quick, too. Could you imagine being in a world championship and all of a sudden your mom throws you under the bus saying, I don't stop asking me about him. I don't know what's going on. This isn't him.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Uh, you love this awesome. Story.
2: Is that an L move on mom? <laughs> uh, hey, no. You, just put- Mama's got to
0: protect her boy. I think Mama's she's got just- protect her boy. Yeah, and she's throwing him under the bus. I think she's trying to light a little bit of a fire under his ass. Get him more motivated. Right, protect your
1: boy. Get him going.
0: Like I said, Jalen Brown, though, deserves credit because he's flustered him. There was the whole thing. I love it. Yeah. After after game two, when the Celtics won and Draymond had his legs on top of Tatum, and there's that whole thing where the Celtics coach came out and said, I would have just double-tech right there. I would have like shoved him back and got us both double-technicals. Like, I, like basically saying, he was basically an invite to his players to be like, you need to Do be it. physical and just say, screw it. You need to get in his face because that's going to bug him. And Jason, I mean, Jalen Brown has had five fouls of multiple games since then. So he's playing very physical and he's yep. getting in his head because he's like, screw it. I got, I got fouls to play with. I'm going to come at him, and I'm going to really irritate him and frustrate him to the point where he's going to get the technicals because he's a little baby and can't handle things not going his way. Right. Right.
1: (laughs) It's just been awesome. These last two games in Boston have been awesome for me to watch because I'm like, man, the games Draymond's playing are getting played against him, and it's working. Yes. Like, I don't think I've seen it work. Usually Draymond's the one with the mental edge, and if you try that stuff, he's got it covered. Uh uh-uh. uh when you yeah. add in brown and then like Smart. relentless boston fans i mean obviously we've heard stories yeah. about how terrible boston fans can be but
0: terrible 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 disrespectful <laughs> yeah
1: at the same time i it's sour grapes when the warriors come out and complain you got the one guy in the league that kind of brings it on himself what do you expect you know mm-hmm. and i'm not here to defend boston fans If they get too far out of hand, you know, but I, it just, to me, looks like sour grapes.
0: Like, yeah. I didn't like how I did see the, they were, um, they were, uh, the, one of the wives, I think it was Draymond's wife. Draymond's wife was with his kids. And she came out and said, it's very rude of them to be that. Like warriors fans would never do that. And the replies I saw on a Twitter post of that, this posting stuff Warrior fans do. And I was like, Yeah, Warrior fans seem like they would never like it was really bad. It was like it was it was kind of like, yeah, Warriors, every fan base is the same way. Like they right. all have terrible things. There's a lot, I will say in Boston a lot of times, there's a lot more that are pretty raunchy, vulgar, yes. loud, and they've known to have a lot of like racial incidents with their fans yes. and people, and it's not okay. Not okay. So not gonna do any Boston but i mean don't say your fans don't do it because there's proof on the internet that's flying out now that warriors yeah. fans do it too like it's not the same fans way. like, like, yeah, like yeah. let's
1: let's not prop up our fan but you know and it's the same with what uh clay coming out and say you know stay classy boston fans I
0: yeah
1: i don't know look i it's just sour grapes to me like
0: yeah, it's it just is. sour grapes. It, i your I, guy I, brings it on himself mm-hmm, and the thing i just it's always been an issue, too, with Golden State for me. It's why I don't cheer for them. One of the reasons I don't cheer for them is they are terribly sore losers. They do not handle losing well at all. They complain, and they, have, just, they just don't handle it well. They're always like, oh, the, the, the crowd is just like, it's so rude. Like, who, right, it's never the their fault, out of it. right? Like, like, the they never terrible. say, we
1: played yeah. bad. Yes. It's always something else. Yeah, you're 100 percent. When when have you ever heard, OK, they, they lose and Steph comes out and takes responsibility for how poor he played or Clay comes out and takes responsibility for how poor they played? No, it's always like, well, you know, the refs were letting them get a little too physical with us. And, you know, that's why we couldn't make our shots. And um, it, no, you didn't play well. I don't suck mean, it up.
2: Do you remember? Only- like, I'm not I'm not defending them by any means, but they win a lot they're not used to losing
0: no you know? they're definitely not <laughs> losing and that's part of the issue and it, the thing is if you take this back to when the um, the clay and curry and draymond trio started like in the early 2010s when they were all coming up together and they were like they were like the fun four seed to root for when they were just hitting threes they got bounced a few times in the first and second round before they made their finals run kind of thing they, I mean, they were used to losing, and they, you didn't hear much from them. Their right. staff was, like, the quietest person in the world. You, like, he wasn't coggy. He didn't say much. And, ooh, they just – I think they just got so used to winning. Like, kind of yeah. like Mike yeah. said. Yeah, he got his out on the
1: court. And... Yeah.
0: They don't lose often, and it's hard. I, I could see that being a thing. Like, if you don't lose often, then you're not used to taking L's. And yeah. you're going to – fight back on it a little
2: bit so it is you got you got to be a little cocky though if you're going to be the best shooter of all time you do and
0: there is a sense of cockiness you got to have about you to be great in general you can't be quiet people i mean you don't see them last or you don't notice them your greatness isn't noticed as much if you're Mm -hmm. quiet like there's something about it and that mental attitude of when you're cocky is Basically, you're kind of just in the zone. Like, I am the best in the world, and I got to believe I'm the best in the world to be the best in the world and play at a high level. So it's all fair. It's all understandable, but at the same time, that process. same mindset when you lose, though, too. Yes. You know, it, be a little be, more humble.
1: Yes. Be humble and defeat. The other team got you. They played better than you. It's not because the refs made, well, okay, maybe sometimes it is because the refs made 100 bad calls, but like the majority of the time, it's not. <laughs> the majority of the time, it's not.
0: I don't, you know? And I don't care, and no matter what a fan's chance, whether it's unwarranted or bad, like, you've dealt with terrible crowds before. We're not going to say, like, everyone deals with Boston crowds, and you find a way to win in Boston. It happens. Yep. <laughs> and there are multiple times during games where you can
2: play better, and then if a ref does make a bad call, you should have played better to not have them factor into the decision of it being a winner loss call you know
0: like just just play better <laughs> yeah be better play better put your just put your head down focus on the next play because if you're still worried about the play that just happened then you're not going to be playing good on the next play like absolutely, absolutely. yep
1: and it, and it, i do i will say as much as i we've been knocking on draymond here the last few moments and knocking on the warriors he is the one player out of all of them i haven't heard it from the other warriors big ones that take humility in a loss but Game 3, he came out when he was asked what happened today. He flat out said, I I sucked. He did say I sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, he took ownership. That's fair. He still came out and sucked in Game 4. Clay
0: kind of he admitted was- it when he was struggling in the first two games. He said, I'm, I'm just going to go home and watch Game 6 Clay highlights to get myself ready. <laughs> I was like, he's go. kind of admitted he sucked in the previous ones, but he, it was a way of basically saying, like, I'm still great. I'll figure it out. So... Uh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, closing it out here, I'm, I want to shift over and take a few uh, swings at uh, the the Live <laughs> Golf today. Tour versus the PGA Tour to close us out. Nice. Nice. Um, that was so, a hole-in-one, Ben. Ah, yes. Love it, love it. Um, so, the Live Golf Tour, obviously, is the new golf tour, and they've basically bought this in a good chunk of very talented PGA tours and PGA tour athletes, and a good chunk of amateurs who are making their way up into the PGA tour ranks as well. Um, big notable names: you got Dustin Johnson, uh, Charles Schwartzel, who won the event this week in London, um, Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson, who got two hundred mil to go play, like out of this world money. Um, Kevin Na. I feel like I'm missing another one there. Luis Ustazen. Luis Ustazen, yes, yes, yes. Sweetest swing in golf. <laughs> yeah, uh, Luis Ustazen. Um And then PGA, there's been a lot of those guys who've jumped. Sergio had some, he, he just kind of said, thank God I'm done with this tour like was pretty upset about like so i don't know what's going on with the tour 100 because it hasn't been really transparent of why these people are pissed off at the pga tour but phil mickelson has had some comments about it like there's a lot of people who have left have kind of said some weird things about it as they're leaving um i don't know if it's just the fact that the live tour is compensating them so well that they're like this is how we always should have been compensated kind of thing so yeah i want to leave that for the debate like where do we think this is going um do is live a potential threat
2: to the pga tour are they gonna live up to expectations
1: (laughs) you two are something else today
2: you two are something else (laughs) yeah i don't know honestly it's um it's pretty crazy because the PGA has that huge monopoly and that's probably one of the reasons why the players are upset with it because the PGA has so much control. Uh, So I really don't know what's going to happen, but they just had their first tournament today. Charles Swarcell won it and he won over 4 million and just, you know, out of one of the eight tournaments, he won over 4 million. That's Basically major winnings right there. Like if you win a major, you win about like four and a half million. It's
0: it's it's ridiculous. And like I said, he won the team event too with his teams because they're doing these team things. And he won the team event, which is a split of five million dollars between four people. So he basically got another mil added on. So he made he made over five mil in winnings. And Rory, who won the Canadian Open this weekend, got one point six million in winnings. Yeah, but he got his, I think it was his 21st
2: PGA Tour win, one over, um, what's his face? We were just talking about him earlier. Uh, Sergio? No, 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 no. Norman. Oh, Greg Norman, the And he, uh, he, he threw shade at him. He's like, yeah, I just got my 21st, one above somebody that I'm thinking of.
0: Ah, uh, so, so there's, I like this rivalry. I think the animosity, yeah between the PGA Tour and the Live Tour could be good. I would like to see them collaborate for like a, like a Ryder Cup between the Live Tour people and the PGA Tour people. But I'm thinking yeah, way far ahead in the future because right say, now there's a lot serious. of animosity between both sides. So it, it yeah right right now PGA
2: is, is trying to shut it down like they're trying to like get rid of all the competition. Okay. Um, and the other thing too is so you were you were talking about is like the Live are are they going to live up to expectations? Well, the the thing is what they don't have is that they don't have the legacy that the PGA has, you know, you have all these, you know, historical winners and you just are never going to have that on the live. Like when you, when you have guys going from PGA to, to, to the live tour, how can we really compare? Like, can they be the best in the world if they dominate the live tour with only 48 players on tour? You know what I mean? Like it's kind of tough to determine like your legacy right now
1: devil's advocate on that because i do get where you're coming from with that if a lot of these great players are jumping to the live tour though doesn't that devalue the wins for people on the pga
2: yeah eventually i mean well right now they only have a couple players in the top 100 Um, okay you know so dj's uh i think he's number 15 in the world and then they have a couple more in the top 100 but if they start getting more and more yeah then yeah absolutely if you take away competition on the pga then it absolutely does devalue like your legacy win on like if you
0: if you win a tournament for yeah. sure and i think there's a chance of that happening for sure if like the more these tournaments happen and the more people keep seeing what these people are winning at the tournaments i mean you would like to think there's some sense of loyalty for some of them but i mean money's a pretty strong pull and and the live tours they're trying to do like with these fun like team tournaments within the The single tournaments, they're trying to like kind of make golf fun for viewership, for you to watch it. Even though I had no idea where this streamed over the weekend, to be honest. I don't know if it was even on TV anywhere. (laughs) I think it's on Facebook, if I remember right. Okay, okay. So But the idea is that they're trying, I think they're trying to make it fun. Mm -hmm. That's the whole idea, is they want to hashtag make golf fun again.
2: Yeah. Anytime you can bring team aspect to an individual sport like golf, it makes it so much more fun. Like the Ryder Cup. Everyone loves the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I agree. Like it's going to be really intriguing. Uh, the other thing, too, you got to think about is when you play in the live tour, you get paid no matter what. Yeah, like you are getting paid bank. You go on the PGA tour. You have to make the cut. You have to be the top you know, 50 percent in that in that tournament. And you got to work your butt off. There's uh, to, to just to just get paid minimal. Like it's uh not minimal, but you know what I mean? Yeah. um So that, that definitely separates the two. There's a huge beneficial factor of winning money. Even if you place last at the LIV.
1: That at LIV. No doubt draws in all the mid tier golfers mm-hmm. right away. Why do I need to work so hard to make a cut if I'm good enough for the lift to want me? And I, I, I got guaranteed cash. That's more than what the PGA is going to pay me. Yeah. If, if they start taking more of these top tier PGA guys, and that's why I, I hear when you say the PGA is doing what they can to shut it down. I don't blame them, but it tells me they don't think they can financially compete. No,
2: if you and- could
1: financially compete, what are you worried about the Liv for? You'll just get these guys, you know, you'll, you'll be able to keep these guys financially. That's not a problem. But if you're doing what you can to shut them down, you don't know if you can. or well not, you don't know. I I, I don't think they can be, compete with them financially.
2: Yeah, and the Liv has... Basically unlimited spending money. Like literally, they will. They're just never gonna run out. Yep.
0: Um. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um. So fun fact. I probably could have done this for um, trivia. Which maybe I can. I can <laughs> do a little trivia here to close this out. Let's do so it. Trivia, based on the Live Golf Tour. Why is it called Live? Oh, I I, I do know this one. Okay. What, we'll what, give
1: Michael a guess. shot. Why is it called Live? I I don't even know where to begin. I, I I got nothing, guys. I got nothing.
0: Go for it, Mike. You want you want to read it off, Mike? What it is, or tell me what it is? Yeah,
2: so it's uh, the Roman numeral for fifty-four, and they play fifty-four holes, or uh, you know, three rounds. And than- uh, the other reason was if you birdie all, um, you know, 18 holes in a, in a round, you shoot a, a, a 54.
0: Boom, well, yeah. Okay, that that's correct. Pretty clever. That's pretty, it clever. Was pretty clever. It was pretty clever. Close, uh, the, I think it
2: was, I think it was Greg Norman or one, one of the guys like came out and said, if anyone ever shoots like a 54, like birdies, like every hole or something, they'll get like a huge, like $20 million payout or something like that. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. that That won't happen though.
1: Unless it Definitely. hey, if it does and it happens numerous times, don't need to worry about money running out for the the live tour. Yeah, you said yeah. it. No, I, I don't mm-hmm. see how this doesn't make a dent into the PGA. There's just so much money there. Oh yeah, and
2: the other thing I was going to mention is so I think that a lot of the reasons why people are holding off on going to the live is they want to make sure that it doesn't impact them playing in the majors. So
0: they which they said you, they you can't already. They already said you can't. They said they're suspending. they're suspending anyone who joined Live, And if you sign an exclusive deal with Liv, then you had to turn in your PGA membership. Like yeah. DJ turned in his PGA membership, so he cannot compete in any majors. I want to say, though, that Phil is competing in the, in the next U.S. Open, though. This coming U.S. Open. He might not be. Um, That's still up in the air right now. Okay. and They suspended him because he competed in this event. So it's all depending on the PGA if they lift the suspension or not. Yeah. So that, that's going to be a huge impact. If you can't play in the majors, then like, what's the point of golf? Well, that's going to be the thing. If, if they can lure enough people away, the PGA is going to have to let them play in the majors because they're not going to have enough talent to keep it up if they can lure mm-hmm. enough top talent away. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau is another one. He didn't compete in this one, but he's scheduled to compete in the next live event. Yeah, I think I heard they're trying to get Patrick Reed, too. Yeah, Patrick Mm -hmm. Reed and Bryson DeChambeau are the two, and they're both um, working out deals and are expected to be participating in the next.
1: How can the PGA PGA sit there? If top-tier guys go, how can the PGA sit there and say, we're going to hold suspensions? Like, people the common viewer aren't going they're not going to watch these masters if the top tier golfers aren't in it
2: mhm and, and and majors, like them or hate them de and patrick reed like them or hate them you you probably hate them but they they get people to watch yeah they bring in tv sure. cameras and money and everything
0: Yeah. oh wait 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 here we go here we go i just read this here participants in the london live tournament which was this weekend will be allowed to compete in the 2022 u.s open the following week mickelson johnson gooch and garcia are among the live golfers that have already qualified for the u.s option u.s open blah, 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 via an exemption so okay. i think so they are giving
1: them the u.s open at
0: least yes they're they're saying they're exempt for now but that definitely could change as time progresses. So who knows where we're going with that. But I think that is a good spot to wrap us up on the the night tonight. Um we missed you guys the last few weeks. It's it's been lonely. We haven't been able to communicate with the hashtag fans. But uh we're back and it sounds like we are planning on doing one Wednesday and Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when we have time to record based on our jobs and whatnot. Daddy is Um, back. (laughs) Daddy is back. back. (laughs) Um, So yeah, please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, DM us questions, trivia questions you think we should put on the show, any ideas you have, criticisms, tell us. We love to hear from you. Yes. Rate it five stars like we always say. You can think it sucks. You can write the comment and says it sucks. But as long as it's five stars, I don't care. You're a champion. <laughs> um, so we follow us on all social media. We have it all, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we'll keep trying to put these out one to two a week. Um, we'll definitely be able to put probably a decent amount out in the summer. Because um, we got two teachers who are off school for the summer. They obviously have plans, but there's two teachers in their group. So they should be able to get some stuff out. And send
2: me your Jersey swap recommendations. I'd be more than happy to start those up again.
0: (laughs) Yes, our expertise, our expertise artist and Jersey swap Mm -hmm. professional, Michael Loftus.
2: Except I don't get paid,
0: but it's okay. Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys all for joining and listening to us. Hope you have a great week. And we'll talk to you guys next time.